Good evening, uh, good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Thomas Steininger. I welcome you to Radioevolve, our international edition of our weekly webcast. And I'm very honored that this week I have Rajan Venkatesh here from India. Venkatesh, you are here in uh, the program. Yes, I can hear you, Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward for this conversation. If I may introduce you, Venkatesh, five years ago, you became a farmer in Savantwati in Maharashtra, in, in state in India. And if I may say so, that was a quite surprising choice. You have never been a farmer before. You've been a former journalist with the Times of India. And you taught journalism in Mumbai and in New Delhi. And moreover, for many years, you were an educator running Otsala, a rural mountain village school in Uttarakhand. You're deeply interested in the functioning of traditional Indian society and its livelihood. And you are inspired by the vision of Mahatma Gandhi. So Venkatesh made himself a learner again and became a farmer in the Indian countryside. And the insights of community building in rural India offer a tantalizing glimpse how India can survive the juggernaut of modernity with its soul and with its communities intact. Venkatesh, if I may start our conversation with a very simple and direct question, How did it come that you left your former occupations as a journalist first and as an educator and went to the countryside in India and became a farmer? Yes, it uh, actually happened in that order. Uh, journalism first, uh, the rural school second, and then my own uh, movement permanently to this place where I am now. Uh, being in uh, journalism and traveling uh, widely all over India, you know, uh, brought into uh, focus to me the uh, the lopsided development that is happening. And also it brought home to me several truths which were not told to me through my education and uh, through my environment in, in uh, urban uh, Mumbai or Delhi. Uh, and so it happened that very serious questions about modernity, about modern systems of economics, governance, and education. It kept coming back all the time and with no clear answers because uh, one had the opportunity at that time to meet the leading thinkers you know, in government and bureaucracy, in science, and uh, one did not get any answers from them as to where this is going, where are we going, and what is what is a vision of human society that is that is there in this at the same time my travels also uh, brought me closer to an india which was less touched by modernity less touched by development and so i saw that we have you know kind of two indias uh, the india of modern urban india uh, 10% and then the the what is bharat you know in india that is our name for our of this region uh, of the civilization, Bharat. 
and then this and then the contradictions became more and more clear and one uh, one uh, felt that it's not just in me but you know in in a in a whole lot of society then the next step was bochala school which uh, a very dear friend was has been running a fantastic ngo doing great work in the himalayas where we met a few years ago and uh, i decided to give up journalism to look for land because one realization key to me at that time was that you know we are related to land it's not a choice so i i wanted to uh, and being a business journalist i was studying rural economics and really wanted to understand it better as a as a foundation for a better society so i went uh, to this uh, place in the himalayas the garhwal where i ran a school uh, for four years and uh, continuing the work that they were doing actually but i also put in my own experiments on uh, local community based skills and and local economics and and uh, inspired yes by gandhi ji definitely and also by the philosophy of uh, of uh, baba ji nagraj sharma who is from amarkantak in india so these two steps you know the the intellectual questioning in in my professional sphere and then the practical hands on observation and experience in in proper uh, rural community of garhwal i think it, these two together have led to where i am now you you were talking about uh, the challenges of modernity and you were talking about the other india that you also called call bharat the hindi original name of india and if i may ask you when you when you think about the challenges of modernity that came to india uh, basically through british colonialism yeah. and uh, we are thought also from many people in india as something that is progress that is modernity uh, that is uh, uh, something good uh, why are uh, you have a more critical point of view on what modernity brought to india and what is uh, this other india perhaps uh, that you are uh, here searching for experiencing and where you feel there's something uh, in the tradition of india that uh, its life it's worth to pursue yes uh, modernity and uh, all its uh, systems all our institutions are run by by the own in the old colonial design uh, our systems of economics our systems of uh, governance politics social structures and law and also education which is the most serious mm. crime in many people feel this continuation of that kind of education but uh, but these are just uh, you know analytical criticisms what i find modernity has done is is to have an effect is to distort the way we think you know mm-hmm. with distorted the way we look at things and this world view and the way we see the world and the way we see uh, solutions to the world and the way we see Uh, happiness in this world has all got quite distorted we are very conditioned and dependent you know 200 years is a long time of conditioning by a particular type of enforcement and that has happened to us to the extent that 
we cannot even imagine things outside what is in the current contemporary western thing this has happened it's sad so our imaginations have got stifled and this is one uh, one one problem for which being continuously working in an urban environment uh, i found to be a problem because while intellectually we can point out oh this is a problem we don't want uh, debt based economics and uh, profiteering based economics mm-hmm. and employment based economics it's it's an intellectual criticism but how do you understand what is you know what is what is not what is false we have seen but what is true what is the truth and in a in a in a in a stifling urban uh, environment with its own you know uh, institutionalized pressures it's very difficult i felt that is why i find that uh, fortunately for us in a country in asia and in india that we have areas where we can see some semblance of the old uh, we'll come back to the word old that's a problem for some mm-hmm. people but we come back to we we will see the fragrance of something which is not modern let me put it like i'm not saying it's better or worse but today because modernity has, has stifled the imagination we can't even imagine a thing which is different except in the direction that modernity is taking us mm-hmm. more pills more uh, technology more bridges more infrastructure more profits you know in that direction we are looking for solutions to problems but how can a different imagination be you know that fortunately for us and in other asian countries i'm sure have some and even in europe probably we have some communities which are are yes facing the pressures of modernity but they don't think like us you know mm-hmm. think in this highly polarized opposition way of thinking uh in a very extremely secularist rationalist way you know they have a way of looking when i say they i'm including mm-hmm. sarp roots that we have a way of of seeing things which which gets denied in urban environment let me put it that way but in a in a in a community rural community there are still signs and symbols and and the freeness of something which is which whose roots are different if i may you ask you directly uh, uh what is wrong with modern thinking why you think there is a problem with modern thinking i i see the result of modern thinking and that is where i see the problem mm-hmm. the result of modern thinking is its institutions the result of modern thinking is this uh, is this very very exploitative economic system the result of modern thinking is the is a very skewed education uh, system the result of it, it is in in a in a very uh, very unjust legal system these are not uh, these are not uh, individual on themselves they have a commonness behind them you know it is for us we feel in india especially that it is it is in a way a continuation of you know colonialism the modern economics except that now some of us are agreeing with it you know so there is no independent thinking outside outside what you know germinated 100 200 years ago in europe that is one part the second thing problem with modern thinking is it is so centralization based through its institutions even democracy which is a fantastic you know beautiful idea and and i'm sure can be implemented in dozens of ways but the way we are doing it is so monochromatic all over the world you know mm-hmm. it's, it's like monoculturizing 
every one way of democracy, which is highly centralized, which is brutally uh, pro, uh, you know, uh, profiteering, and which is uh, which is in a way bringing out not the best of society. So there's this centralized modernist thinking, yeah. and uh, you say there's a different way, and uh, you think that uh, th this different way of thinking is also rooted in your case in the tradition of, of Indian's culture. It's something that you also find in the communities uh, in the Indian countryside. What is this different thinking? What is the difference uh, that helps to create a different form of society, a different form of relationship to life? Um, what kind of thinking are we talking about and where does it come from? Yeah, that's the, that's the real challenge, this question, uh, because I cannot answer it in one sentence. Mm. This thing which I'm saying, maybe it's non-thinking, can even put it that way. Because in this, in this uh, present, uh, in the present uh, noise of modern thinking, you know, everything is getting very, uh, very extreme and, you know, binary positions are taken. And there is always a resistance. You know, every thought begins with a, a way of resisting some other thought which is already there. And then to try and fight it, to overcome it. So even if, you know, within this modern uh, alternative, if we uh, had a third opinion, instead of binary, it will become trinary. But, you know, it will still be within the scope of, 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 of the modern underpinnings, which is very deep in our, in our subconscious because of our long, uh, you know, uh, condition. So what I'm trying to talk about is maybe not a, an alternative thinking to, to present before this thinking, because that mm -hmm. again may be just another monetary, but I'll say a non-thinking, uh, if I may use that word, because it doesn't have, it doesn't have the rationalism, uh, a, a community in India. There are many such communities in our, in our village structures now, where if you go, what touches you and what touched me is the absence rather than the presence of something which I can pinpoint. Okay. It is this rationalism, extreme rationalism. It is the absence of the, the absolute uh, uh, blind faith in centralized solutions and government being the solver and you know technology being the solver. It's absent. And there's an absence of uh, uh, you know, secularization. You know, there's a very free acceptance of, of the of the wonders and, uh, and and the treasures of, of evolutionary design, you know, of existential uh, miracles. Mm -hmm. Of any word you want, God and other things, which are not considered good words now. But but that thing which is deep rooted, by the way, is is that absence of secularization. And then there's absence of dialectics also, because that is that has not been here. That kind of dialectical debates have not been here. We have other kinds of exchanging, you know, differences. So the, it is absence that gives me that, you know, that freedom suddenly that I can breathe, you know. So from a, from, a, from a thinking intellectual space, I would rather put it that way, that it's the absence of these things which are, which are very more modernist in, in urban, modern urban thinking uh, that gives space for something else. Mm -hmm. Can you just uh, share with us your experience, also your daily life experience of farming the, the land or where you are in this place in the countryside, in the community where you are, where you experience this absence of this particular kind of thinking 
and something, you call it a fragrance of something different that seems to be f for you important and seems yeah. to be not only important for you personally, but for community and in fact also for the development of, of India as a whole. You see, when I, when I came uh, in one of our earlier conversations, you, you asked me once, you know, is it not, uh, uh, can it not be called a kind of uh, romanticization, you know, mm -hmm. leaving the city and going. And I remember we once talked about that. Uh, initially, that's also there. And I, and I don't see that as a problem unless one gets trapped in that, rom in that romanticism. But a part of it is there, you know, initially that, you know, this is something you give it more importance than it is you know but later when when i got this uh, when when uh, i settled down and started living there and uh, you know tr with all these questions of what is right livelihood you know mm -hmm. this is what is the society that uh, that 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 one wants what is one's responsibility to one's community you know there many of the ideas in uh, not ideas sorry uh, many of uh, in many ways, the village community showed me that some of my own thinking and anticipations were, were not there, you know, in, in their behavior. For instance, about livelihood, you know, what is the need for a job and money? First of all, like, not related to job uh, at all, you know, most are self-employed and we have been doing uh, many occupations for a long time. Uh, this thought about, uh, you know, economics being related to earning money and, you know, wealth-based and also being, uh, you know, uh, accumulation is something seen differently here. Livelihood is seen as 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 uh, something uh, which is a part of human development. You know, the human being, the worldview here is that a human being is 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 a synthesis of body and and soul, atma, and it is the atma which is which is I and which, uh, you know, we are. We want, you know, which has, which needs completion, which needs, you know, development. And uh, the body is a very, very important, uh, you know, instrument given, you know, for that purpose. So it is, this body is mine. I have a responsibility to take care of it well. So the first objective of livelihood is that to work with the rest of nature and to take, you know, to our needs to keep this body. At a second level, you know, uh, at a second level, even though we are a community which is, which is closely uh, family oriented, which in urban spaces is now breaking down, but uh, but this this identification with the body, if I may use the word identification uh, briefly, is also expands to to the family. Then it's my responsibility to take care of you know my 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 everyone who's here, and then it expands to the community in a very natural and seamless way that this is my village. This is you know. This, this, uh, this uh, livelihood of mine is also the purpose, part purpose is, is to help this society evolve, you know, mm -hmm. meet the needs of not just me, my body, but of the community. And uh, in that sense, you know, that is one example. The other is, I mean, there are many examples, you know, you, 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 when you start living in a small community, why I feel that uh, this uh, opens up avenues for, for, touching some parts of our spiritual self, which has not been possible for me earlier, has been that in daily living, so many things happen in relationship, you know. There is, there is some, some fight in the village, you know, there are, there are, there are some fight over a, over a road, over some property. How do you look at it? 
how do they deal with it you know and how have we done it you know in in, in urban spaces where 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 the so called rule of law you know and uh, and and two people go to a third person in judiciary and you know mm-hmm. has a, you know has a settlement now always there has been a contradiction in the indian mind all over even in our urban spaces as far as i know we have never completely accepted this roman law you know system very much mm-hmm. we have had our panchayats which you know which uh, which were you know disowned unfortunately because we took on a constitution from from various western constitutions and never looked at what our systems have been so culturally how a a a a friction between human beings which is which happens uh, everywhere how they look at it how they deal with it how the community gets together you know and uh, the expectation of it you know for me the expectation is more important i'm not saying it, it's it's uh, i can say okay this system leave it let's go to this system and appoint somebody else from you know in this pattern in a different pattern not as an alternative thought like that but the way they look at it because in relationship whenever they have a fight the first thing they do is go to each other's homes and uh, the community elders are there uh, for always for for uh, advice and for getting together and these are not very small places by the way i mean this is 700 families you know this place mm-hmm. that i know it's not that small a village also and uh, and also these fights are not very small you know sometimes you know it can get property sensitive it can get but their willingness to uh, inherent willingness intrinsic willingness to solve it in the ways of the community is something that struck me as you know mm-hmm. i i thought of this you know where where i'm mm-hmm. coming from so with medicine when you're ill what do you do you know when you have problems what do you do you know these these are the things and i find that the way they think immediately the first thought is different from the first thought that i used to have or you know others from my background used to have mm-hmm. you know that need to think that somewhere has modernity uh, you know not trapped us you know our imaginations to a certain in a certain groove that we, you know we are less uh, capable of listening or seeing uh, outside when 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 i when i hear you um the thing that really strikes me and please correct me uh uh if i don't hear you correctly uh, i in all what you're describing i hear the concreteness of relationship the concreteness yeah. of relationship to the land uh the concreteness of relationship to community and the concreteness also of the relationship to uh tradition versus uh what i would call abstract, abstract thinking and abstract uh solution seeking there's something in this uh concreteness that is of not a mental capacity but it doesn't mean that uh that it is dumb it just means that there are different faculties of our humanness involved in a way to really hold us in all this relationship that we have to 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 land to community to tradition that hold something that in abstract uh in abstract thinking are cannot be seen anymore is this what you're pointing at absolutely thomas you put it better than i have put it i think but it is absolutely that yes you know abstract thinking is one and it's over development is one you know one and and getting restricted in it probably is one problem of the modern mind 
it is an anthropological mind you know the modern mind mm-hmm. it looks at other as the other okay me you and us you know uh, you and me or us and them i feel so that there's also what you what you're describing that um land looks different uh, from the perspective that you're describing and also tradition looks different in the way that you are describing i mean uh, let's put it that way you you are not a farmer in that sense that uh, you grew up in mumbai you grew up as an intellectual you grew up uh, in uh, one if not the, the biggest uh, uh, not didn't grow up but you worked at the biggest newspaper in India, in the, time, in the times of India. So you are through and through also an intellectual, but it seems that there's something uh, that our, our Western education seems to miss that particular in the tradition of, of India, in, in the tradition of the old Indian culture um, can be revived and used uh, to really also uh, remedy Uh, some of the difficulties that we are running into with with our modern modernist understanding how the world looks like and what we have to do. What is this? If uh, if I hear you right. Yes, I, I, I yes, that is correct. I do. Uh, that is correct. Uh, as an educated English educated uh, Western edu- Western style of education. Uh, and growing up in an urban environment to that extent makes me an intellectual, yes, and also having been, been a writer. And I, I still now, Thomas, bring out a journal with a friend of mine, and we are addressing many of these uh, uh, these questions in that journal. That has mm-hmm. its... This is not, again, that's what I'm trying to say, that once you leap out of the modern modernity, uh, you know, that, that zone, then it's not this versus that, you know. Uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be left versus right. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, conservative versus labor and, and all that. You know, these this thought corners created by modernity is creating a lot of frustration and violence, I feel, and hatred now today, nowadays. But I, what I'm sensing is, is, is that a lot that, uh, that my, my uh, intellectualism uh, background has given me not everything is, is wrong or undesirable mm-hmm. it was only restricting you know the human being and this is true not only for the indian it is very relevant to the indian and, and other colonized nations which have their own cultural roots still you know there but it is also true for the west i feel you know, if i may just submit mm-hmm. uh, very humbly i feel even the western mind may may think whether you know uh, the the complete uh, you know, this uh, separation from the, from, from the past and anything traditional and uh, this, this very abstract uh, corner that we have, you know, kind of uh, brought ourselves into, uh, hold ourselves into, you know, is that, how useful is that and how to break? Actually, that is a real question, Thomas, which is in my mind and for which when I saw your program and radio show, I really connected in resonance and that is, Where will the creative energy come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, today, with all the problems in your country, my country, in the world, you know, where do you think this real creative energy to overcome this will come from? 
Uh, may, I, may I bring this question directly back to you? Or where will this energy come from? What is your hope? What is your perspective in this? I can only share my experience, uh, mm -hmm. Thomas. I hope that, you know, through that something comes out or through our dialogue, you know, we touch on something more than what I have said. Uh, like it just happened, you know, five minutes ago. You put it very succinctly, you know, that abstract thinking and the absence of it and that space outside. Similarly, you know, with me, what has happened is, you know, having seen uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, having questions about modernity, uh, having, uh, as an economic journalist, I also went quite deep and had uh, so much opportunity to meet, you know, the, the, the thinkers, the leaders you know, of our days for more than mm -hmm. 20 years, you know, from prime ministers to presidents to, to economists to Nobel laureates to scientists. So it's after asking them and finding no solution, no answer, no vision that, mm -hmm. that I, this is a problem. We are just going because somebody has given us a push. You know, we don't know where this is leading. So, and, but having found the problems of modernity, it, it, it still leaves one, you know, only in a state of uh, a little bit of frustration, a little bit of depression, you know, or sometimes with some activism energy. But I did not find creative energy there because all the other alternatives were also coming from the same thinking mind, you know, which was trained in that, that zone and which was kind of trapped. What I have felt now from having, you know, come out, yes, physically and geographically come out, but more importantly, uh, come out to, to live daily life fully in, in, in a smaller community. That smaller community where it is not so bogged down with uh, modern pressures because they have not gone through that, that, that uh, background which I have. I find some fragrance here, uh, Thomas. I find uh, some fragrance which is not just romanticism now. Now I can say that for certain. And which I feel may hold the key uh, not, uh, not for, you know, some static solution of going back and recreating some structure. No, but some fragrance which can help us, you know, actually evolve. Because this whole question of, of solving the problems, uh, we know cannot happen unless consciousness itself evolves, unless a mm -hmm. human being, evolves, you know. And human beings evolution, I find in this uh, experience of last uh, 10 years, is that... Uh, environment is very important for the self to evolve and express itself. You know, I can have a great insight sitting even in my 10th floor apartment, in, you know, in, in mm -hmm. but to be able to, to, to give evidence of that insight, to develop further and to live it, you know, then I need some help from the environment. You know, it's very crucial. That's when my next insight, you know, I'll be ready, you know, it will prepare me for the next so I feel that this, this living in smaller communities where every day you're actually dealing with a complete life, you know, your complete problems of the world, but in a microcosm, you know. And there, because you're directly related to every problem, it is not some centralized thing solving it. It is not some, uh, you know, more of the same, you know. But it's something that you, you are in touch with every day. Mm -hmm. So I can only say it this way, that I feel somewhere that uh, from my own experience, that, uh, that this, this creative energy can come from here, you know, can come from giving ourselves into, you know, a part of a community, you know, with complete commitment, you know, thinking that that is my world, that is my family, that is me. It's an extension mm -hmm. of and, and And doing something you like. You know, I chose farming. You could choose carpentry. I mean, somebody else could choose being a teacher. I mean, that's all right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and we do have, by the way, in my village, not everybody is a farmer. There are different, uh, you know, uh, traditional occupations, and many traditional occupations are non, non uh, physical also. Mm. I mean, music, there is arts, there is, you know, uh, there is so much of yeah. other parts of life which are fulfilled. But the, but the fact that we are all, you know, here together, that togetherness is uh, providing me something, Thomas, which I can't put in words. But it's providing me that uh, that that belief, that uh, you know, hope that this can be true for everybody. Mm. And that is what I would like to share with people. Uh, that if you're there, if you're already having these problems of modernity, having other things, and and you're questioning, and you know, you're striving to do various things, mm. you know, do also. Yeah. There is no, uh, by the way, there is no activity of mine, uh, useful, good, serious activity of mine, which I was doing earlier. Which I have had to give up or sacrifice. Mm. Still, me out a journal, as I told you. Right. I, I have basic internet. I do some uh, research. I am in touch with people thanks to technology. Right. <laughs> Talking to halfway around the world. So it's not sacrifice or going back, mm. you know, or, or you know, or putting ourselves in a hole or running away. No, we are expanding ourselves. You know, mm. that's, that's Hearing you. Uh, Mankatesh, and uh, also considering your life story, there's something that comes to uh, to my mind ongoingly. I just want to bring it to you. Uh, and I don't know uh, to what degree you are familiar with the life of Leo Tolstoy. Uh, I have read him thanks to Gandhiji's interactions with him. Yes. Uh, because uh, I just wanted to mention uh, Leo Tolstoy uh, for people who maybe don't know him, was also a personal friend of Mahatma Gandhi. They had a personal friendship. Yes. And Leo Tolstoy, in his, in his time, in the uh, in the end of, uh, of of the 19th and in the beginning of the 20th century, uh, was definitely uh, one of the most educated uh, uh, European poets and writers and intellectuals. But he did the same move that you were talking about. He he basically went to the Russian countryside. He lived uh, in a community uh, and was very taken by the wisdom of a Russian peasant uh, society. And in, in that sense, also not kind of uh, rom romanticizing in, the, in that sense that he thought that everything was perfect and, and, and great there, but uh, describing that there was a kind of human understanding and wisdom that uh, we are in the process of completely losing. And as we know, the Russian history went in a different direction. Soviet communism was, in its own sense, a, a huge embrace of the idea of modernity in a different way than the U.S. embrace of modernity, but there was an embrace of this modern Western thought, uh, where this a Soviet experiment went with its form of, of communism. Uh, But Leo, Leo Tolstoy uh, st stood for something. And I hear you are uh, there people that really reflect about uh, the development of uh, the Western thought, so to say. And now we are something like 100 years later. And you're describing this from the perspective of India that also uh, even more so than the, the, the Russian peasant culture has its own unbelievable depth of Uh, uh, Indian uh, thousand years old culture that is something that we from our western perspective kind of uh, they say 
yes, we, we love Indian spirituality and, and, and uh, there's a new age relationship to that, but to embrace this as something that teaches us about how society works, hardly anyone would go there. But as I hear you, you're saying there is something and it's uh, not so much broad in, in the kind of concepts, but in the, in, in the kind of a different um, practice of life that uh, we and desperately need uh, in order to uh, kind of even be aware of what the, what the problems of modern society are about. Uh, is this something that I, I'm hearing right or is this going in a, in, a, in a direction where you don't see yourself in? No, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've read a lot about Tolstoy and his exchanges with Gandhi. You know, Gandhi did say so many times, uh, in one brief sentence, he said, India lives in its villages. But they didn't understand him, you know, uh, the other leaders of the freedom movement. And they were, and I don't blame them. They were, they were very uh, enthused by the, by the intellectual mind, by ideas mm-hmm. of the West. So they went the socialism route and the other route and other things. But whether it's socialism or capitalism or communism, you know, they're all thought corners of, of what is developed in a certain part of the world in a certain time. And uh, that is true. But as far as the second part, what you're saying, you see, uh, in, in, in this community living, which is fast fragmenting also, you can understand that. With mm-hmm. modern with media and internet is fragmenting even faster. I feel... Uh, I feel a great surge in me to also learn so many things here because I'm underprepared. You know? I'm underprepared for this. Yes, I, I, it's come as something beautiful, I feel, uh, because of some insight which I had uh, about the false. So when some semblance of the truth hit me, I, I felt it was beautiful. Yes, but even I have, I'm underprepared. You see, uh, you mentioned some time ago relationships. This is where, you know, the fundamental uh, blockage of, of human development, if I may call it, is, is happening. You know, at a very personal level, one-to-one, we can see what's happening in, in relationships. And then as we expand it, it's completely distorted and, 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 and uh, destroyed also in, in, in uh, modern spaces. So how do we, how do we charge, recharge ourselves? How do we learn, you know, to actually even be in relationships? And, and find the joy. I think that is, this is a good, for me at least, this experiment is a very good teacher. It's teaching me that because sadly, uh, sadly even, even, even the closest and intimate of relationships, you know, a, a man-woman, a, a marriage relationship, it is, they are finding struggling to keep that, you know, to, to, to uh, love that. So leave alone more expanded relationships. But it is something that we all, uh, it's, a, it's a question that I feel uh, what I have uh, is also shared by many others. Let me share with you, uh, Thomas, that there are hundreds and hundreds of people in India, and I'm sure the world who are, who are going out, uh, you know, thanks to their own questioning of modernity, they're moving into smaller communities, doing various things, but trying this, you know, a similar experiment. So it is happening. I'm happy. I, I would like also to uh, bring our conversation to something that uh, I find very irritating. Uh, and uh, that is the fact that uh, uh, not only in India, but also in India, there is a real mass, uh, mass phenomenon of farmer suicide. Uh, 
Yes. And uh, th th there seems to be a confrontation between uh, the culture in the rural parts of India and modernity that's, that is directly mortal. That's really, it's killing people. Uh, uh, just... Can you tell me wh what is what is what is that, and what is what, what is happening that uh, hundreds of thousands of people are uh, are not seeing any perspective in their lives anymore, and are, are kind of uh, really uh, yeah committing suicide? Uh, that's uh, I mean, if if something is a sign that something is going wrong, this is one of the worst signs. Absolutely, it's so sad, isn't it? I mean, what can be more sad? Thomas, I'm so happy you, you, you brought this up. Can you believe that uh, you sitting in Germany are, are asking me this question? And, uh, and mainstream media, whether in India or you know, even other places, uh, a little bit of sensationalism news is there. But over 15 years in India, 2,25,000 or 2,50,000 farmers have committed suicide. I mean, how many die in wars? I mean, this is, and this is not news. I mean, shouldn't the whole government say, we'll do nothing else, forget any other development, let's solve this one problem. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't a civilized society be doing that? Shouldn't the ruling party and the opposition party, you know, the very names I don't like, why should, you know, shouldn't they just come together and say, let's solve this first, not one more farmer, guys. But this is, but this is economic war, Thomas. I'm sorry to say, but this is mm -hmm. one one very, very ugly face of, of, of uh, development, modern economics. And uh, we are, uh, our government and our bureaucracy, our economists and our scientists, all of them are so completely sold out to the Western thought that they are blindly for the last 40 years been, uh, you know, uh, adopting the agro-industrial model of America with a lot of help from World Bank and you know, other people. And, uh, and uh, over 40 years, you know, we have not been able to uh, recognize and stop this. And the use of chemicals and fertilizers and pesticides, that is one thing. But more importantly, the economic model of taking loans, forcing very poor, 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 poor farmers to take loans which they cannot repay. And then, you know, nature has its cycles and changes. And then sometimes the, the, the pesticide doesn't work. The, the seeds don't work because even the seeds are bought. Please understand that in India, for thousands of years, we are doing what is natural farming, you know, mm -hmm. organic, new word. We are natural farming in the sense we recognize the ec ecological cycles. We work within the ecosystem and which is, I'm sure, was being done all over the world. But here we still do it in 40% of India still does that kind of farming. And, and our government and our industry is trying to push fertilizers and the loan, the the debt model, economic model into them. What happens is our seeds, no one sells seeds in India. This started only with agro-industry where, where a seed was always a thing of exchange in community. And suddenly an external dominant economic system comes and changes things without, you know, without any, any, any uh, consent of all. And suddenly a seed, he has to pay thousands of rupees to buy seed. From, from some company which has its roots in America, say Monsanto. And then he has to, for, for that seed to, that's not a natural seed. It's, it's a bio, bio, biogenetically modified seed or it's a hybrid seed or it's, you know, it's an inferior seed. So to make it succeed, 
you have to give it you know so many fertilizers then he has to buy fertilizer he is this kind of farming which is money based and loan based and you know it's not we are not used to it and because we're not used to it the human mind here doesn't work that way you know how to take money how to repay it how to save you know all it's a whole cultural shock mm-hmm. and and then the dirty tricks you know how it is the seed prices uh, initially they're given free and then they're 100 rupees and they're 1000 rupees and they're 10000 rupees and then the fertilizer prices go up and then this fellow scot in a cycle then the 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 lender the bank you know again a modern uh, ways of my banking with no uh, here with no humanity and then they charge a lot of interest and then they start taking over their the the land the little land that the farmer possesses because without his understanding you have made him sign documents that he mortgages his land and then there is this question of dignity a lot of farmers thomas they put the rope around their necks because of dignity Mm-hmm. they will not an indignity you know you know this thing is so important to to live in society with your with your head held high mm-hmm. and to be told that you are a loser to be told that you are a you're a you're a what defaulter and to be told that your house will be snatched away oof they, mm-hmm. they do it out of this depression mm-hmm. it's very sad but you, i must yeah thousands and thousands are getting back into organic farming in india as okay. in lot yes and we have a very strong organic farmers association in india which is connected to the rest of the organic farming community in the world so i hope <laughs> i hope uh, because that will solve the problem of this uh, because the economic part has to be solved you know the model and then the agriculture part can be solved hmm. I, I would like to ask my last question from uh, uh, from let's say an outside perspective. Uh, you you were describing what you were finding uh, in the rural community uh, where where you're living. Wh- why you went there? Why there's something that uh, modernity uh, can learn from, and that is uh, an important part of uh, of our future. I, I I would like to ask uh, from someone. who is coming from a different continent who who is very much uh, interested to look at this from a global perspective and sees that india has a certain role that uh, like all the places around the earth have a certain role to play there's something with india with its own tradition with its own uh, uh, amazing uh, culture that is india's contribution to find back to this relationship that you were emphasizing so much mm-hmm. uh, i as let's call me an outsider or uh, if i may ask you uh, what is it what what you would tell someone like me uh, listen there's something here in india there's something in the countryside that maybe you guys can learn from there's something i want you guys to see because it's maybe not only important for us it's maybe important also on a global scale uh yeah i mean you're you're leading my mind on to something very interesting uh but i but with but with you know full humility mm-hmm. you know, any solutions you know and uh, a friend of mine just introduced the word hubris <laughs> to me last week i did not know the word mm-hmm. so there's no hubris in what i'm saying and but i do feel from the heart 
there there is no uh, prejudice or uh, or uh, or uh, ego that uh, that the way uh, our society here has evolved over thousand years with its worldview with its cultural roots with its traditional wisdom the what the west knows so far as you pointed out earlier is is the spiritual gurus and you know all that segment of it mm-hmm. the important and you know contribution of india to the world i do feel you know uh, this exploration into the self the importance of exploration into the self yes but i think what the west has missed uh, today uh, not the old writers you know if i see the old writers from germany by the way do you know the germans uh, did some of the best first reportage of of indian philosophical thought much before the british no much them in english mm-hmm. you must be knowing so at that time they they did see this but that is now gone erased so to answer your question i would like to refresh the memory of my friends in the west that india as a place of 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 which gave great importance to philosophical exploration to the exploration of the self it went a little beyond that into seeing how a society how the design of a society can be which is in alignment with the existential evolution design you know the existential evolution is pointing us towards completion of 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 the human spirit that mm-hmm. the case how will this human being live and work a daily life given that he has to achieve this objective that thought is what is behind this exist this design of our communities i do feel because in every area of activity be it livelihood be it medicine be it flora and fauna be it you know nature and relationship somewhere the same world view which is our philosophical root the strong root that that fragrance is there everywhere mm-hmm. so somewhere they have slowly organically without any one man claiming you know that i invented this slowly you know it's it's in a cultural movement it has come you know so that is what i think uh, india if it if we can you know uh, ourselves first uh, get aligned with it and uh, and move with it because it's in movement uh, thomas that's another problem you know in uh, when intellectually we talk uh, when they say oh why do you want to go back to the past is as if it's a static thing mm-hmm. i don't it just that one particular movement was was surgically and very wrongly you know stopped uh by 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 the colonial modernism but uh, it wasn't totally stopped it is still there struggling and but the movement is there and so i feel that is one contribution that really india uh, with complete humility and can can do first discover for itself and uh, because what has happened i can imagine the pain of a person who for 400 years is trapped in modernity mm. i mean i'm trapped 55 years and i can feel my pain so for 400 years is a very long pain you know so the west where uh, uh, you know can we help it just trigger an expansion of its imagination venkatesh we are at the end of our time uh yes. thank you thank you very much uh thank you very much for uh sharing this with you thank you very much for the work that you do in india and also thank you very much to our audience for listening and i hope to uh see you again uh, uh next week or in one of the next radios uh, of radio evolve thank you so much
I will just end by saying thank you, Thomas, and thank you to Elizabeth and to your team. You're really doing fantastic work in keeping such a dialogue going, because that I think is very, very important. Thank you. Good night. Good morning, wherever you are. Uh, all good the night. best from Frankfurt. Bye. Bye.